Kentucky Skies, I'm Biggs. And I am Brandon. <laughs> Whoa, NPR voice and all. What's going on, Brandon? Uh, just enjoying the Easter break, I guess. Yeah? Did you do anything exciting for Easter? Uh, not really. <laughs> I almost punched a guy in the throat. Whoa, you almost punched a guy in the throat? On Easter. What happened? So... We decided to go get up early and go to brunch on Easter morning. And so we uh, decided to visit the local Jorgensen's because they got this big buffet thing going. Okay. Pull into the parking lot and did one of those things where somebody was backing out, so you, like, wait for them. Like, as they backed out, this guy, like, guns it and, like, drives into the parking spot. Well, my daughter and wife took one, took my daughter's truck, and my other daughter and myself were in my truck. And so I'm like, all right, I'll just get a different spot. Go in while they're uh, trying to find another spot. And so we go, I go stand in line to get on the waiting list. Like this big group of like 10 people show up and like, sort of like push their way through because they were already on the list. Okay. So I kind of stepped back just to let them through. And the same guy steps in front of me and gets ahead of me on the list. Oh, my God. <laughs> it doesn't end there. Okay. So going through the buffet, and it's one of those things where they like to have it set up so people go on both sides of the table. And as I'm going for the bacon... Guess who grabs the tongs out of my hand? Same guy. Same curly-haired douchebag. Go to grab the gravy. <laughs> he already has the ladle in his hand. Oh, my God. And so I'm pretty pissed at this guy at this point. But I'm like, I'm just going to let it go. Just let it go. Go, like, eat my first plate of food. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go hit up some of that. Because they had, like, a lot of fresh fruit and stuff. So I'm like... You know, I'm going to get a plate of fruit, get some strawberries and honeydew and stuff. So I go up. He steps in line in front of me again. So is this where the throat punching almost happened? I'm just like, you motherfucker. And, like, I, like, literally, like, kept pushing the person in front of me just to, like, get everything in front of him. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to get a little karma in my life. Did you get any kind of revenge? Uh, other than I took the the tongs from him twice during that trip. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> well, I'm sure it wasn't all bad. Didn't you, didn't you see a movie over Easter break? So Monday night, we went. My daughter and I went and saw a movie. Okay. We went and saw f- the fast or the Fate of the Furious. 
Okay, the fate of the furious. I'm I'm quickly approaching the fate of the furious. As, as everybody might know, I've been uh, doing this segment called Slow to the Furious, <laughs> where I, I catch up. So I'd not seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies. This was like what a year and a half ago that we started the segment. So I've now seen two of them. Um, that that's where you're it almost ends. It was about a, a year ago. That's so the second one. You're almost into the good part of this series. Yeah, I, I'm planning on watching part three, I don't know, sometime in the next year or so. I figure, look, at the rate I'm going, I figure here in about a decade I'll be caught up. Because so. <laughs> three is where, like, it's still like a drag racing movie. Uh-huh. The four is when it, like, totally shifts gears. And it's like, oh, oh, shifts gears. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so how was this one? Uh exactly everything you want it to be and more so what what is it that you want it to be a just over the top car movie about basically superheroes in cars (laughs) (laughs) now i got i gotta know i gotta just know this one thing so i guess we could put spoilers on it is dom really a villain or do they reveal that he's not a villain i'm not gonna spoil that okay I heard they sort of set it up for a trilogy, so I'm guessing at this point he'll seem like a villain, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if they set it up, well, it's actually the third part of the basically the trilogy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind. They they, they let they left the end open, sort of, like the main villain gets away, but her basic empire is destroyed, like. She's been like the shadowy figure for the last three movies. Okay. Or the first two movies, then this movie. Yeah. By first two movies, you mean not part one, one no. and two, right? <laughs> six, or I guess it started Furious 5 or 6, one of the two. Like <laughs> Somewhere, somewhere like, back there. There is huge huge plot holes <laughs> i mean i'd expect not nothing less from everything i've heard but it's just hilarious how over the top everything is and but the the fun part of it is i mean there's this over the top stuff that they got going on the james bondish sort of like that it will never happen in real life right <laughs> <laughs> Like, it, it's fun for me to watch that stuff as a mechanical engineer by trade, because I'm just like, no, that that that's not how that works. <laughs> oh, no. The, you don't think people, like, lick nitrous and uh, know exactly what kind of nitrous they were burning and, like, how long ago it was? That's not a thing that happens in real life? Well, they had this one where, uh, so in this movie, they're being chased by a nuclear submarine. <laughs> like on land or well they're driving across the frozen ocean lake thing okay and there's a nuclear submarine underneath and so like it fires two torpedoes out one explodes under the surface and the other one actually goes up through and is like sliding along the surface of the ice <laughs> <laughs> and the the it gets better than that. So it's going alongside uh, Dwayne Johnson's truck, 
So he like goes for like opens the door, ghost rides out of it, kicks it under the bad guy's car, and it explodes. <laughs> and it doesn't just like veer off to the left. Like he kicks it, and it actually gains speed going across the ice. Nice. <laughs> well, I saw a movie too, and it was every bit as action packed as that one. You want to know what I saw? What'd you see? The Boss Baby. The Boss Baby. The Boss Baby. Um, my family wanted to see The Boss Baby, so I went to The Boss Baby. I did the quick, like, token, like, you guys want to go see Fast 8? And, like, there was nothing. <laughs> nothing nobody wanted to see. I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I figured. So we're going to Boss Baby, and everybody was super excited. You know what would have been fun? Because you can totally step in and out of any of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a there's a general arc over them, but you don't. Re- I mean, they'll get you caught up in the first five minutes of where right, story- like talking about a tank, and then a tank shows up, and then he's got a tank. Is that <laughs> is that the kind of arc we're talking about? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. See, I know about this shit. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even going in blind. Um, and the, and then the other part is like because these are so, like super high budget movies that you would think like they don't that there's stuff that the, you just shouldn't see in these sorts of movies like there was one scene where like uh Vin Diesel's character is like pulls up into this street and then like all the rest of the team is like lined up in front of him and you see this like black SUV travel behind him and then like it cuts like to a couple more minutes of dialogue i like how they're having dialogue in a car but they're like obviously in different cars. <laughs> Some kind of magical Wi-Fi going on. Some magical Bluetooth going on. <laughs> and then like it cuts back to the same, and it's exact same shot. You see the same black car travel behind him. <laughs> well, as I said, I, oh, oh, what would you give it? Like one to four stars. What would you give it? Four stars. Nice, <laughs> nice. It's awesome. If, okay. you're, if you're not entertained, you, you're watching the wrong movie. Okay, well, I saw The Boss Baby, <laughs> as I mentioned before, and uh, I was not looking forward to seeing The Boss Baby. I had no idea what the fuck I was in for. I had not seen a single commercial for this. I'd just seen posters, and I wasn't into it from the posters I'd seen. Um, it is fucking bizarre. It is absolutely bizarre, and it's not really a waste of time either. I'll say I was surprised at like it was it was definitely entertaining. You have Alec Baldwin is playing a baby who gets kicked into middle management instead of being born at the baby factory, and uh, <laughs> Toby Maguire is like looking back and and telling this story about when he's a kid when his brother's born or whatever, <laughs> and. Uh, God, the, the the voice sounds interesting. Like they have Jimmy Kimmel is like the the father, and uh, the mother is uh, Lisa Kudrow from Friends. So like right away we got the voice talent in here. Um, oh, and Steve Buscemi plays the villain. He plays this really old guy that it took me a minute to realize is Steve Buscemi because it didn't look anything like Steve Buscemi, and then it was like, oh yeah, that's Steve Buscemi's voice. But like it's just fucking bizarre, dude. There's like a scene where they're like. Like, at first, you're like, okay, so the baby's kind of conservative, and they're, like, sort of playing with that. No, that's not really where this movie's going, because then there's a scene 
where the Alec Baldwin baby decides he's going to get his brother in and see what's going on at the factory that he's trying to make moves for. And so they both put a pacifier in their mouth and start sucking it. And it's basically the pacifier is a stand in for peyote. And they like, <laughs> they fucking like go, they like astro project up into the factory to see like what's going on. And it's like, that is like one of the least bizarre things that happens in this movie. Like it is a fucking weird, weird, strange movie. And like, it's totally worth watching it for 90 minutes because. <laughs> It's it's just I mean you know how it's going to end but it's still like it's fucking it's the weirdest kids movie I've seen in a long time. So just for that I would say like kudos to you guys. Like it it is not a cookie cutter plot movie like at all. I mean it's the end is predictable and outside of that nothing else is really predictable cuz it's it's a fucking weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was fun for that. Uh of course, everything wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. We got uh, Charlie Murphy passed away. This was like literally the uh. day after we recorded last week, but I wanted to make sure we said a little piece on it because Charlie Murphy was too integral to comedy to, to not mention. Motherfucker was funny as hell. And I remember at a certain point after the, the picture I'm showing here, it's showing him like telling the story about Rick James. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like, I feel like after that one came out, because there was like, I think he did the Prince one first and then the, 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 uh, Rick James one second for the Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories. <laughs> and after that moment, it became abundantly clear that like Eddie Murphy was not the coolest Murphy brother anymore, yeah. which like a year ago, nobody even knew who the other Murphy brother was. <laughs> and like, like he was fucking killing it on Chappelle's show, and I saw some of his stand up, and it was really funny. Like Charlie Murphy was killing it. It's really sad to see him gone, but yeah, um, I was really hoping for a second act from Charlie Murphy. But hey, dude, at least like being the brother of like somebody that fucking famous, you would never think that you would hit the heights that Charlie Murphy wound up hitting. <laughs> but that Rick James sketch. That is like Classic. comic gold. People will never forget that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> shit was funny. You heard him talking about putting the gators on the couch and like Fuck mashing your couch. it. Yeah. Fuck your couch, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> or the fact, or like hearing Rick James giving the other side of the story and he's just like, he is out of his mind on Coke still. Like clearly, <laughs> right? Like, Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> but I just I just wanted to make sure that that we said a little piece for Charlie Murphy. Do you have anything? Did you have like a moment or anything that that kind of struck you with Charlie Murphy? It, it all boils down to the Chappelle show cuz uh this the one the Hollywood story they did on uh Prince. Yeah. Like, still I like I could remember that stuff like verbatim. <laughs> and then he cooked those pancakes after. <laughs> yeah. Uh apparently Prince like saw them on stage or like he was on stage and he saw Charlie Murphy like up front and just like looked mad at him. <laughs> and like so Charlie Murphy was talking about it and like apparently like like he really does know Prince and the story is really true like he of course embellished on it but it was for the most part a true story and he said what prince was actually upset about was that like 
every time he was with a woman, she expected him to make pancakes. Like that was the <laughs> expectation now. But he didn't want to make breakfast every morning. So that was his whole thing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I think this is an appropriate way to like talk about Charlie Murphy because a dude, he always made me laugh. So I, I think it's good that we go out on a laugh. We'll just move on. We got a lot of ground to cover, dude. So much stuff happened. So, of course, some of the big news until much bigger news came out was that Josh Brolin is officially going to be Cable yep. for uh, Deadpool 2. How do you feel about this? I know you had very strong feelings about this. Like you and Brent felt you know, very strong about I, uh, who was going to be Cable. I don't think it's a bad choice. Okay. Um. I mean, he – I mean – for those of watching on Facebook Live, I mean, seeing the animation of Cable and then Josh Brolin in front, like that can work. I mean, I yeah, and I mean, I he's got the acting chops to back it up. He's too. got that strong look, and he's definitely played that like hard boiled guy before. So you I, know, I act. I know a lot of people. The critics really panned uh, Jonah Hex movie. Oh, I love the Jonah I Hex lo- movie. I did too. I thought yeah. it was a lot of fun. Like, it might have been because we didn't have like an overload of superhero movies yet, but like I liked it. I thought it was fun. I never read a comic either for Jonah Hex, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about with it, but I liked it. You know, and it that Jonah Hex movie, it like, because I've been uh, deep diving because they just released all of season two of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh huh. And the first. Two seasons, they had a uh, Jonah Hex episode. Oh, nice, nice. So it that kind of like gave me a ba- pretty good background of who that character was. Yeah, I saw. Did you say Justice League Unlimited? No. Oh, what what show was it? DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I Justice League uh, Unlimited had an episode with uh, Jonah Hex where he squared very prominently in it, and then he was just in like scattered episodes here and there. But uh, I mean, I'd already seen the movie at that point, so I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about Jonah Hex. Still, I know he exists uh, in the past, so it's like you know he doesn't run into a lot of stories that yeah. I read. But yeah, you're gonna have to have a team of tri- time travelers to run across Jonah Hex. Yeah, I think there was one story where uh, Batman um, gets lost in time, kind of in every time stream that he slips into. Is a Grant Morrison story. And every time stream he slips into, he becomes Batman in that time and sort of makes it work for that time. And its I don't think it's really that Bruce Wayne understands where he's at. I think it's just like, it's hard to explain. But anyway, <laughs> I think there was one in the Wild West, and uh, I think Jonah Hex was definitely in it for a little bit. But he also was like a pirate Batman later, which is pretty great. The goddamned Batman. <laughs> Nice. Goddamn's pirate Batman. But we should we should move on. Lots like I said, lots of news to, to plow through here. So can't spend too much time because we're gonna spend a lot of time at the end, I think. But um some of the big news is that Dolph Lundgren was announced that he's being casted uh for a villain in Aquaman. So that they got a little bit of a screen test here <laughs> uh for this picture here. That's that's Dolph Lundgren fighting a shark for everybody fight. Uh, facing along on Facebook, I I did that Photoshop myself, so don't make fun of it. <laughs> 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 or 
I spent almost two minutes working on that Photoshop, so be kind. What do you think? What, how's the picture? Uh, it needs a little work there, Alex. Ah, fuck. It's <laughs> <laughs> some friend. You might have. <laughs> you should have spent three minutes on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was gonna say, like Dolph Lundgren, that's kind of a great choice for a villain, like because he's super smart and he doesn't know his own strength. So you know, are... you know what's crazy about that is Dolph Lundgren is actually really smart. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I saw the commercial <laughs> where he rips a phone book by accident. <laughs> no, he actually has a PhD. Yeah, I know. In mechanical engineering. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> we have a PhD on the Not Safer Network, too. <laughs> I do a podcast with him. <laughs> <laughs> and you do a podcast with a mechanical engineer. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> do you have your PhD, sir? No, I just have a bachelor's degree. Yeah, that's fine. My wife. I'm not as smart as Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you don't accidentally break desks in half. I'm just saying. Just you saying know, it could it, be miserable. I enjoy like the little brief time I get to see with Dolph Lundgren. He did a two-episode arc on Arrow this season. And he was pretty fun in that part. So I enjoy these little times I get with Dolph Lundgren. Well, then you should revisit Rocky Four because that's the that's like peak. That is peak Dolph Lundgren right there. Peak. Not it's not it's not boxing a shark, but it's pretty fucking good. That's all that I'm saying. Anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, a little more news, and then we'll we'll slow it down just a wee bit. But um, so there is a new show on called Krypton, or it's gonna be on the Sci-Fi Network here pretty quick. Uh. They dropped a little bit of a trailer a couple hours ago. Uh, did you happen to see this? No. No, okay. So it's basically, it seems like it covers Krypton before Superman's born. And I, I think Jarrell plays a part in it, but he seems like he's a younger man, like maybe 20s, maybe early 30s. Um, of course, they have the codec from like Man of Steel that seems to figure prominently, but. Here's the problem I have with it, dude. It looks like fucking. It looks like it might be a little bit of uh, Superman C-SPAN, uh, mixed in with a little Gotham. No, just <laughs> no, I mean like no. as far as like not the stuff you really want to see from the Batman story arc. Yes, or, <laughs> yes. that's definitely not Superman. what I want to see in the Batman story arc. <laughs> <laughs> the the creation of his greatest foe ever. <laughs> no, uh, it just, it looks like it's a lot about politics and about like how they're going to handle things and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't kind of read Superman for superpowers. <laughs> like, I don't know that I'm really interested in this story. I'm going to check it out. Cause I check everything out for at least an episode, but I don't have high hopes for this one. It reminds me of the Phantom Menace of like DCU. Yeah. Yep. Space C span. That's what it is, dude. It's space C span, and it's not fun. Say space C span where they're like guilty, 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 guilty. That Superman <laughs> too. But um, <laughs> it's not that. It's not mm. that at all. It just it just looks 
fucking boring is what I'm getting at. But, I mean, check the trailer out for yourself. I, it's trending, so maybe people are interested in this. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> not, not either. Not even a little. You know what I am interested in, though? Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy We're down 2. to a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting close. And the big news is... There's not one mid-credit sequence or end-credit sequence. Or there's two. not two. There's not three. The critics saw four, but there's a fifth, fifth one. And I just had to warn my wife now, and I know she'll completely forget when we go to the movie, but she's not totally in love with like staying for end-credit scenes anyway. And uh, she rolls her eyes every time I like insist on staying. Now what I do is I flip open my phone and I check really fast to see if there yeah. is one. Unless it's Marvel, you just know. You know, you just know it's going to happen. But I was like, Warner in advance, I'm like, look, we're staying through the whole fucking thing because there's five end credit scenes. I'm like, there's no way we're not going to stay through this. So she was like, yeah, that's fair warning. <laughs> five, dude. That's amazing. Five end credit scenes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I was watching, uh, uh, they had a clip. They had the, the, Basic cast for Guardians was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel last week, and they uh, had this like uh, drawn out promo that they did, and it was the uh, battling the uh, giant space squid. Okay, I I saw a clip of them putting his uh, intern, <laughs> his intern got on the movie, but that was all I saw. But they they battled the squid, huh? Yeah. It was. It looks really entertaining because I think like uh, Dave Batista is all in his drags, like being the funny man. Yeah, that's but what. I, as yeah. far as like, but not just cracking jokes, but like being such an awkward character, it's really hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized that I forgot to record the podcast. Oh, <laughs> so I really hope the sound quality is good on Facebook. <laughs> How's it sounding, guys? Can anybody answer me? Nope. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I I think it's going to be good. Uh, the last trailer or so haven't really impressed me, but. It's kind of been that way for Marvel. Like, the first one tends to be like really awesome and gets me on board. And the second one's usually pretty good. And then it's like the third one, it's like, eh, eh. and I just sort of like tune it out anyway because at that point it's just giving me more things that like I don't want to know more about it at this point. Like, I just want to go in and see it. But I did find out who Sylvester Stallone is playing. Forgot he was in it, didn't you? No, I didn't. Cause I didn't forget because I'd been following it really closely. And so, of course, Sylvester Stallone and Dolph Lundgren are enemies because one's Marvel and one's DC, and <laughs> one's Rocky, and one is uh, the Russian. I can't remember his name now. Drago. <sighs> Shame on me for forgetting that for a minute. <laughs> Drago always takes a minute to go in my head. Doesn't roll off the off the tongue like a clubber Lang, <laughs> but. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <clears throat> do you want to know who he plays? Are you going to spoil it for everybody in the universe? I don't know. Does everybody want to know? All right. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear. If 
Five, four, three, two, one. Silverhawk. Who is that? I don't know. All right. <laughs> I've I've seen him in comics before. I don't really know anything about him. So, but apparently that's who he's playing. So, um, it's already it's already out on the net. It's already been spoiled. So there you go. All right. So I did see a trailer that just dropped within the last couple hours. Oh yeah, what was that? They had been releasing uh, stills from the. Uh, Kingsman Secret Service 2 movie. Uh-huh. So they compiled all the stills into a 10-second teaser trailer. Oh, really? So you see everything just go... <laughs> like what should be like a 30-second te- or 30 second teaser trailer boiled down to less than 10 seconds. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like they did a... Because I was watching it on YouTube and then they did a... Uh, Somebody took it and like expanded it like three times. It still didn't take thirty seconds. And interesting. It uh I mean I don't know what I saw. I mean it was like random, random shots. You see like the um the guy that plays the main character is like in a uh scotch distillery like there's barrels of whiskey around and there's this one thing where stuff's exploding and somebody's like drinking a bottle of whiskey and i mean just random stuff so i don't so basically you saw nothing (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's pretty sweet so but what i did like about it is like we're not really going to tell you anything but you if you saw the first one Here's some stuff that makes you think you're going to want the second one. So I think there was another big trailer that dropped. Let's see, what was that? Star Wars. Did you see the trailer for Star Wars? Really? Only about five times. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, that is fucking... I mean that one. I I get that you miss them sometimes, but that one I would have been like, "What the fuck, dude? How do you miss that one?" <laughs> By the way, really hoping that would show up in Boss Babies, but not expecting it because I was like, "This is all going to be kids trailers." It was. It didn't show up in uh, Fast Eight either. Yeah, probably too new when I went there because I went like literally the day after the trailer dropped. So, whatever day that was, but. Um, <clears throat> So, what jumped out at you at this trailer? That it's an exact remake of the second trailer for Force Awakens. Okay. Time to be honest, though. Like, honest time. Did you notice before somebody did a mashup of it? Uh, I noticed a lot of uh, similarities, but I didn't, like... I didn't break it down scene by scene, but I, like... I remember having the same feel. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of that was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I didn't make the connection. Then I watch a trailer. It's pretty fucking uncanny when you watch <laughs> it. Like, yeah, they definitely I, like. But before I came it's over. definitely re- a science. Before I came over today, I watched a guy do a 15-minute breakdown of that trailer. I saw a 19-minute one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm four minutes more nerd than you are, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Did you learn anything from it? 
Not really. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I learned a lot of things. Um, putting that picture back up, I learned that apparently they talked about um, a bunch of like that. There was some kind of press release where they talked about how one of the planets is this mining city, and so they're speculating that these crafts that are going across that have the little lines down them are like dragging up the uh, dirt so that it's like taking oxidized metal and like kicking it into the atmosphere or whatever. And uh, like I, the first time I saw, it, I was like, "Was is that fucking smoke? Like, what is that?" And then like the ship like bounces on the sand and like brings up the red. So I was like, "Oh no, that's just something under the sand." So I was glad to get a little bit of illumination on it. But I think that's kind of cool. Like that's a little bit of an otherworldly thing, and I feel like they don't do enough otherworldly things in Star Wars. Like I think well, a little bit of it is okay. Supposedly, because what they're doing is. They had the uh, gorilla walk, ATAT walkers, mm-hmm. um, in the scene. I I can't remember if it cuts to them and cuts back to these the these same ships, but it looks like it's supposed to throw up just like a big red smoke screen. Yeah, yeah, and I, I assume that's what they were doing with it too. But <laughs> uh, so that was kind of interesting. Like they had a bunch of a lot of speculation on it, and what the book is that she's holding, like whether Luke is is uh, trying to balance between the dark side and the light side. I think he is. That was sort of my theory, yeah, uh, last time. And then I think we just sort of forgot about it because we didn't really see a lot of Luke. But I I do I I think he's sort of in between. I think my theory, and this seems to be a theory that's going around, but it definitely vibes with what I think. Which is, I think that Luke wants, like, he thinks that he's got to get rid of the Jedi and the Sith. And the only way to do that is just to, like, get rid of the Jedi. And then the Sith don't exist anymore. Um, and maybe that's a way to bring a more nuanced Star Wars where it's, like, not everybody's either good or evil. Because, like, Rogue One <laughs> brought a lot of nuance to it, right? Like, we, like we kind of saw Rebels that were... um not just good like they definitely had shades of bad to them like han solo was the most most nuanced character you got in the original trilogy but the thing with that is like he's like kind of bad and then he just totally turns good right and uh same with like lando but it's this thing of like having a balance i kind of like that i don't know but it it's all speculation like who fucking knows do you have any big takeaways from the trailer uh not really not gonna pull your star wars dick out on the table and just like throw it on the table i i i really don't know what to think about it i mean it's like (laughs) when you talk about my star wars dick it got hard (laughs) (laughs) so this isn't a depression about star wars thing this is just like just don't really have anything to say about you it. You know, it's it's really hard to speculate for me to speculate on a lot of this stuff. And I try not to like think too hard about it before I go into a movie cuz I want to have kind of like a clean open mind about it. Okay. Yeah, I speculate the shit out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> As everybody knows, <laughs> I can't help but do it. I got to speculate the shit out of it. So, 
that's kind of where I'm coming from. But um, I don't. I, one thing I really liked in the trailer when they had the big space battle it was like right around that time. The first time I'm watching it, oh my god! I think my dog ate rotten tires and just started burning them <laughs> and then shot them out after she ate them. But uh, anyway, uh, oh, that is bad. <laughs> Whew. But uh, like when I was watching that trailer the first time, there's like the scene where I was like, man, they're not going to throw something exciting. And then right then it's like, boom, million spaceships. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so it was well-timed. But it was kind of the same timing that they did in that Force Awakens trailer. So it is sort of a bummer when you realize that like when you sort of see the sausage being made in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I And I'm fine with all well, that other stuff, but I don't want to think I about don't know, the commercials like, that way. Um. You know, it kind of, when you see, like, a million spaceships, I don't know, some part of that, like, I get really, like, not happy about because I think about what the original trilogy was, and then it got Lucas in the late 90s. Yeah. And we end up with a million spaceships when there was about six before. (laughs) I'm fine with the million spaceships. My problem was it was like he was more concerned with putting those spaceships in than like having good line readings from the actors or like having a plot that was easily understandable, I guess. Not space. No, I'm talking about like uh, the original trilogy, though, because they have the one scene uh, where they're going around that red planet and I'm just losing my nerd cred right now, but... Um, and there was about six X-Wings and they go into formation and then they, he re-edited those and there's about 50 spaceships. Oh, I see. You're talking about like special edition kind of stuff. But see where this is cool is like they did that in the first place. This is their original vision, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a smile. (laughs) No, I, I don't. I don't fall for that because I uh, think you're just playing into Lucas's hand. I'm looking at you. (laughs) At me? No, not you. Were you directing it? Because where's my damn movie check? It's uh, Ryan Johnson, director of Looper. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, speaking of Ryan Johnson, uh, so he out and out said – that, that you know, there's all the speculation on the last Jedi. On like, is Luke the last Jedi? Is Ray the last Jedi? Is it plural? Like, blah blah blah. We talked about it a little bit. I, I tried not to make a big deal out of it because it was kind of a dumb conversation to me. It seemed obvious to me it was Luke Skywalker, as I've said. Well, he said straight up, it's Luke Skywalker. He didn't expect there to be a controversy. I believe him because I think anything with Star Wars, like people just pull up threads and find what they want to find. But somebody pointed out after he said that, and of course this comes out after he said that. So if you look up on the screen here on Facebook Live, this is the the title crawl from The Force Awakens. And they have a part where it says, uh, the ashes of the Emperor and will not rest until Skywalker, the last Jedi, has been destroyed. So they already said pretty definitively who the last Jedi is. So clearly that's a reference to Luke. Okay. (laughs) He said it. It's not J.J. Abrams saying it. It's Ryan Johnson. 
It's what I said, so I'm just going to back it. It's absolutely true. Um, a little bit more Star Wars news. Actually, we got <laughs> more. They dropped a lot of Star Wars news here, but Carrie Fisher apparently is not going to be in Episode Eight. We had heard that she, like she was getting eight and nine because her brother said so, but her brother was apparently confused. She's not supposed to be an eight. They took her scene and they moved it to nine. I th- thought you had that backwards. They weren't going to put her in nine. They were just going to keep her to eight. So my understanding. Wait. So what? That because they had a bunch of. Uh, for lack of a better term, a B-roll stuff that they were going to put in for nine. And they basically were just going to trim it out and it was just going to be, uh, just going to be an eight. Oh, see, my understanding is they bumped her from eight. They're pushing it back to nine. <laughs> that, that was what I understood. Like they sort of looked at it and they decided that. Uh, like, because they gotten permission from the family to move her to episode nine, so my understanding was the confusion uh, with the with the brother was that he thought that it was gonna be um, that they had the the B roll and all that shit, and they were gonna introduce that into nine, but they were saying like no, um, the the person who's running Star Wars, basically Kathleen Kennedy, went out and said no, no, we're not gonna keep her an eight. Uh, we're bumping that to nine because we don't want to cut her stuff, but it would just, she said it would basically just work out better in, in the third film. So, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> the entire, like I'm going looking through, I just Googled star Carrie Fisher episode nine and it's everywhere. Different sources, IGN, Deadline, All right, source your thing and read it off really quick, and I'm going to find what I found. Uh, Slate, uh, Collider. That's fine. Just, just pick var- one. Variety Magazine. You got it from Collider. All right. Well, read off one of the articles while I find what I found here. Uh, Ver- Variety Magazine exclusive. Luke F- Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy says Carrie Fisher will not be in Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh, yeah, I read that wrong. <laughs> okay. All right, well, never mind. <laughs> Fuck you, Carrie Fisher's brother, for making us fucking run through this rigmarole anyway. Because there's a, even a scene in the trailer where she's looking at some star map. I mean, it's like it's the back of her head, though. And it could have been anybody's head. That's all that I'm saying. But it literally has your only hope in the like speak spoken in the background during that shot. It's literally got Obi Wan's voice and other scenes, and like he's not showing up in this movie. I'm pretty pretty sure. But it's the back of her head. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm admitting you're, 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 that now. No, I'm admitting you- that now. I I said I'm wrong. I'm not saying that. Look, I admit it. I'm wrong. Like, I just looked it up. I'm wrong. But what I'm saying is off of that trailer, I mean, it could have very well been somebody else's head. That's all that I'm saying. Like, knowing this now, sure, it's her head. That's all that I'm saying, man. <laughs> you're like, you're you're throwing your, your fucking nerd dick out on the table now and being like, no, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to say like, she wasn't clearly presented in the trailer. 
But she was. But she wasn't, dude. It's, but she on. was. Hold on. Clearly presented, though. It's the back of her head and a fucking light-ass whisper that you probably cannot catch the first time you watch that I trailer. did catch it the first time. Thank you very much. Okay. I didn't catch any. Like, I heard whispering and had no idea what they were saying the first time. That was like a second and third time watch to figure out what the hell was being said. And some of them, like Yoda... I can't even understand what the fuck Yoda's saying. Like, I saw it on a trailer breakdown. I was like, okay, that makes sense. But I can't even understand most of what he says. Like, it's light muttering. When I say clear, I mean clear, dude. Like, her face and conversation. Does like, she need to be holding up a photo ID and says, yes, I am Carrie Fisher playing Princess Leia? Well, that's as clear as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you need? That's not what I need. Uh, just like a shot of the face and like clear dialogue, dude. That's all. Who else? I mean, there's only what three women in Star Wars, and it's <laughs> it's not Ray, it's not the uh, other leader of the Resistance. It's got to be Leia, and it's not Maz Kanata. By the way, I I do have to. Oh God, I shouldn't talk about this. I th- this is something that that irritated me when I was talking with a friend. Uh, we were talking about Star Wars, and he was kind of pissed. Like he made a comment about how Star Wars is like capitalizing off of having female leads, which I'm like, yeah, but I don't think that's really such a bad thing because they don't have a lot of women in Star Wars. And the reason we brought it up. Uh, the reason we got into this whole thing was uh, they're doing these shorts called Forces of Destiny. Uh, it's going to be little shorts on YouTube, and then they're going to compile it into a couple of specials. That's our last piece of Star Wars news that I had. But um, they're going to do like a little short with Princess Leia, with Ray. Are we going to get a holiday episode? Uh, <laughs> I doubt it. But like they, they're going to have Daisy Ridley do the voice of Ray. They're going to have Felicity Jones do the voice of Jen when she's on it. Um Sabine Wren, whoever that is. I think that's maybe out of Rebels. Um, I could be speaking uh, out of school. I don't know. Um, but they got Lupita Nyong'o is doing... Uh, Maz Kanata. Maz Kanata, yeah. And, uh, As the narrator. Uh, yeah, and Asako uh, from from the Clone Wars. She's she's doing uh, her character as well. So, like, it's this, like, women-led thing. And it, he was... He was basically just saying, like, yeah, they're just capitalizing on the woman thing, like, and and speaking about negative, I'm like, yeah, they're they're capitalizing off, they're making money, but like, Star Wars has been such a sausage party for so long, it really and it just has. like, yeah, and it just it it rubs me the wrong way in general that like people look at this because this was like one of the big things people were screaming about force awakens was like oh there's a black guy and a woman like they're just trying to be all like balanced and all this and then with uh there's one it was even more so because we had a mexican and a lead and we had another woman so you're telling me in the entire universe in a galaxy far far away there's more than just white guys I know. <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing that bothers me is like we keep seeing like white males over and over and over again. And so when we don't see that, it's easy to like be like, oh, well, they're just profiting off of like, you know, balancing out <sighs> ethnicities or like genders or whatever. And it's like, well, OK, sure, they're profiting off it. Like the point of this movie is to profit off of it. But like it's not a bad thing to see other people other than white males representative and i do i do think the fact that we have 
the most successful producer in Hollywood history, Kathleen Kennedy, who's running Star Wars, is a woman. And I do think she wants to see some women represented on screen. Like, yeah, there's probably a business side to it where she's making money. But on top of it, I just think being a woman, she probably wants to see women on the screen. Like, is that such a horrible thing? So I'm trying to think. And I and I'm really having a hard time because um, I I try to like almost forget the prequels ever happened. Uh huh. And I'm trying to think because I I'm just gonna throw out the prequels because I I can't honestly speak to them. I don't think the first three in the original trilogy actually passed the Bechdel test. Um, and for those that don't know what the Bechdel test, go check out uh, Bigs on or uh, Real Roulette. <laughs> yeah, we use the we use the Bechdel test to decide uh, what our platform is, and we talk about. But we had the most ridiculous example. I pulled the only line of dialogue between two women in Top Gun. There was <laughs> one one snippet of dialogue in the entire movie between two women, and it's uh. It's it's basically the oh it's so bad it's so bad and she's like and she like she's basically Meg Ryan is uh talking about what a catch Maverick is and how lucky she is to like get Maverick and then like finishes it off by going goose take me to bed honey <laughs> and it's just like wow like yeah. that's terrible <laughs> but like yeah very few things packed past the Bechdel test and it's such a it's such a ridiculous test but I mean I don't know I'm sure you're right like I'm trying to think of like Phantom Menace for example the only female character I can think of and I know that there's got to be more than one so I know there's a Star Wars person like getting really angry and yelling at the mom well I guess they have like Natalie Portman and then I well there was there was two in that because they had the Padme Oh yeah, okay. So never on the screen at the same time till the very, very end. Yeah. So they clearly did not have a conversation with each other. I thought they did have a conversation. What conversation? It might have been like a relief of duty sort of thing. I don't I don't know I like I can't even back that up that that actually happened. No, my my memory of that was that like Natalie Portman steps forward and says, no, she was blah, blah, blah. And she's talking to the guy. I don't know if they actually directly interacted with each other. No, I don't think they did. (laughs) Like, I'm not even, I don't even remember if they're in the same scene, but it was definitely Natalie Portman. I feel like they were in the same scene, like, because she, like, steps forward, like, like, because she was one of the, the, the handmaidens or whatever. So, like, the actual Queen Amidala steps forward. Yeah. So, I think that was, like, they had that one shot of those two on screen together. But I don't think they technically, like, had dialogue with one another. No. And definitely not about something other than a man. No. I mean, if they if they had dialogue, it was probably about, like, Yoda or something. <laughs> like, it definitely wasn't about anything else <laughs> than a man. But um, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, just fucking cool your jets. Just relax a little bit. Like, we've been seeing white male Star Wars over and over again. You're going to get Luke, so relax. You got your your old 
like white male again so everybody should be happy he's all like upset about it like just get over your fucking self dude kylo ren was also a big part like that was the other thing i was kind of getting into is like in the first one han had as much of a part as like ray or finn like i know that ray was the main character but like i feel like those three had equal screen time and maybe i'm thinking of it wrong but when I put it all together, it feels like they had the same amount of screen time, or at least very, very close. I would say Han had about 70% of the screen time that Ray had. Wow. So it's, you think it seems, I mean, he, it seems like he had a lot, but then like you boil it down and I don't see it. Yeah. He definitely didn't have less. Let me put it that way. So. I don't know. In Rogue One, I feel like, you know, like, did Urso Jen really have that much more screen time than, than like, you know, the, the dude who's about to assassinate her father? Caspian. Yeah, Caspian. Like, he had a little bit more, but not much. Like, I don't know. There wasn't, like, a tremendous amount of screen time in that. And does that one pass the Bechdel test? Because I'm trying to think. Was there even another woman in Rogue One? Because she didn't talk to Leia. <laughs> no, <laughs> no Leia. Okay, so yeah, there's Leia. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would count CGI Leia, but they definitely didn't interact. And she, CGI Leia, was handed the plans by a dude with the helmet, a rebel, like one of the, the white helmets. Yeah, the beginning of Star Wars. So she clearly didn't have a conversation with another woman. I'm thinking of Jen Erso's conversation. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, no. You know what? Because Moan Motha, they have like a big conversation. And I guess they do have a conversation. They cut most of it because they cut it from they the They cut trailer. it from the trailer, yeah. But the conversation they did have was in front of a lot of people, but it was still a conversation. And I don't think it was about a man. Okay, so, all right. Rogue One passed the Bechdel test. Congratulations, <laughs> Rogue One. <laughs> the first Star Wars movie to clear the Bechdel test. I'm trying to think of Force Awakens. Well, they, they had, had Maz Kanata and... And uh, Ray. And Ray talking. Yeah, about the, the lightsaber, lightsaber choosing her. Yeah, so, okay. Oh, my God, dog. Oh, we're going to have to end this soon <laughs> before I end my dog, dude. Oh, that is bad. Okay. Um, so Mystery Science Theater 3000 came back this week. I was so happy just right when I was about to like jump into some TV I was going to catch up on. I was going to catch up on Legion, finish that out. I was going to watch some Preacher. Nope. Mystery Science Theater 3000 dropped. So that's where I'm at for a while, dude. That show... I love so much. Like I've been watching old ones and like they're sometimes funny, but a lot of the time the references just sort of sail over my head because they're so old now. But like all of those times where those references sailed over my head are gone now because it's the brand new Mystery Science Theater 3000. And so they're like making jokes about The Walking Dead and they're making jokes about like Breaking Bad and they're making jokes of just all kinds of things that's actually like somewhat current. Nice. Uh, I mean, not the whole show, but I mean, like, there is that element of it, right? Um, I really like Jonah Ray as the host. Like, I like watching Patton Oswald and, uh, um, oh, what's her name? Um, Felicia Day. Like, they're, they're kind of, they're the evil ones that launched them into space, right? And, like, usually those scenes annoy me. 
Like the, they used to annoy me in the old series. Yeah. Yeah, they they definitely annoyed me. They don't annoy me as much. Uh, I kind of catch the humor in them now. I, maybe it's just because it's like better actors. I don't know, but I, I'm really digging the show, man. I've had a lot of fun. There's like 14 episodes. They were going to make eight, and they got so much money from their Kickstarter, they expanded it out to 14 because they just, instead of just pocketing the extra money, they were like, well, how many can we make with the money we're getting? So they like expanded it to 14 and uh, I'm so happy, dude. I'm like four and a half through. Nice. And it's a great show to like, if you fall asleep during it, you didn't really miss anything. I mean, with Netflix, it's pretty easy to scan back, but it doesn't matter because the movies are so fucking bad. They're <laughs> yeah, not- it's not something you're like really going to be like invested in. That's what I used to really like about Mystery Science Theater. It was one that I would watch on a Sunday afternoon while I was folding laundry. Yeah. It was like, oh, the dryer's done. I can go like switch over laundry for 10 minutes and not miss a thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> because all they're doing is just making fun of what's on the screen most of the time. And uh, there's not real like there's there's previous jokes. Like if you watch it in order, there's some jokes that came from earlier, but not very many. And so, like, it's not like there's a giant through line, like, you have to watch them in order. You can watch them any way you want. But that's what's kind of nice is I can go to the fridge and get a beer and let it keep running and just listen to it while I do it. There's not very many shows like that. Like, usually you have to, like, invest and pay attention. Although, I will say with Mystery Science Theater 3000, if you want to laugh, you do have to kind of pay attention because most of the jokes are making fun of something visually. And if you're not like looking at the screen, it's just like, it's like they're halt, like hollering out non sequiturs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm so happy to have that show back, dude. Um, the first episode that I saw was a uh, reptilicus, which is like <laughs> the very first one that they threw up there. And it is fucking bad, dude. Like, it is a classic. 1962. Yeah, it is a classic uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. What I like that they did is, like, they're still doing old movies. So, they're, like, they're still movies that are fucking dated. So, they, like, come off extra corny because they're older. But it's also, like, they're all in color. Like, I kind of appreciate that because they did a lot of black and white ones. And, uh it's sort of nice to see it. Like if you got that 1080 going or whatever on your TV, like, you know, a lot of these are cleaned up a bit. So like, it's kind of nice to see them like just looking nicer and seeing them in a widescreen. You know what I mean? Like I've been watching the old ones and they've been in little box format. So it's been nice to see them in like widescreen, um, which is something I always like, but I don't know. Like, I think Jonah Ray is doing a pretty good job. There's some parts where he seems a little wooden when he's delivering his dialogue, but I kind of chalked that up to like, he's new. Like the other guys had a hundred episodes to go or to do it with, you know? So like, you know, give him some time, but I, I think he's pretty good in it. Like I, I've been enjoying it a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, all I've seen of the new stuff so far is I did watch the uh, the promo they did for the Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, where they preview the first two minutes of the first episode of Stranger Things. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty great. Yeah, it's just like, wow, I've never been so stoked to see somebody finish getting dressed before or something like that. Because <laughs> they're showing the, the sheriff getting dressed. 
<laughs> yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. So, Mystery Science Theater, we're happy to have you back. Do you have anything you want to hit before we go here? Um, I think I hit it because I did talk about DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Season two, which has been pretty good. <laughs> There, there, there was, I mean, there's scenes that I watch where it's just like, oh, really? The the one scene that, the, like, I had, and I was talking with my brother, Brent, about this, and over Easter, and they had, they're traveled back to 1942. So we're fighting some Nazis. Yeah, some Nazis. Some Nazis. And they uh, had to infiltrate a... Uh, Nazi servicemen club. Okay. And they had the black guy as one of the main people doing that. Yeah, and it's like that's probably not happening. We know how they felt about Jesse Owens. Yeah, or yeah. That that was exactly what went through my mind like watching Jesse that. Owens. That's because we probably watch the same Disney Channel movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I mean, I was like, you know, I'm sure Black people love would love to punch Nazis as good much as anybody else. I mean, don't get me wrong; everybody loves punching a Nazi. Oh yeah, <laughs> got to get your Nazi punched in. <laughs> but if you're trying to like infiltrate a Nazi club, having a black guy in your group probably going to have a tough time getting past the bouncer. You know, DC is like. <sighs> There's, there's so, how can I put this? You know, when you watch like movies and they're like typing on keyboards and they're like doing the little finger thing, but they're doing a little too, or they're just like hitting it with their fists to try and make it work. And they clearly don't understand how a keyboard works. Like, I feel like that's sort of DC with like race relations. Like they, uh, they have like Gorilla Grodd. They have like an African Batman who protects an entire continent instead of a city. <laughs> Um, they just the second largest continent. Yeah, they just constantly step in like racial shit, like over and over again. By the way, Marvel not fucking great either. But (laughs) like DC, DC is like a cut above. But um, it's like all of this stuff, and then they like, and then when they have something where it's like, like that, it's like they want to pretend like they don't see race, which is like ironically one of the most racist things you could do is pretend like you don't see race like it's kind of insulting and like that that is really what that is is it's just trying to pretend like you're like colorblind to this whole scene but it's like no i don't know i just uh, god damn it dc pull your shit together yeah yeah uh well let's just end on that note come on dc pull your shit <laughs> pull to your get. shit together dc take it easy and theme song. I think we need to rewrite that outro. <laughs> just, just us. Na 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 And respecting that outro. Put them on your laptop. Put them on your phone. 
Put them in your ears. Not safe for network. With the not safe for network, the entertainment's ringing through your brain. Collect them all or trade them with your friends. Not safe for network. Real roulette. Maybe you're a film student. I'm picturing you with a beret. We had a good life. Well, Strap, it's a bit of the gift and the curse. That's debatable. It'd be nice if they showed a little accountability. The Alien Movie Project. It's just another clear-cut case of American exceptionalism. Montucky Skies. I'm spoiling the shit out of this in three, two, one. Bigs on film. We're watching this on Netflix because I'm three beers in and lost the Blu-ray. Listen to all the archives in a row and they form a mega podcast so long that your significant other will be drawing up divorce papers. Not safe for network.